Hey, welcome into Positive Light. We're bringing a positive influence into this world and into your life. And hi, I'm Bob Miles. And today's episode is going to be on Surrender Your Heart to God. And out of Job 11, 13 through 19, it says, Surrender your heart to God, turn to Him in prayer, and give up your sins, even those you do in secret. Then you won't be ashamed. You will be confident and fearless. Your troubles will go away like water beneath a bridge. And your darkest night will be brighter than noon. You will rest safe and secure, filled with hope and emptied of worry. You will sleep without fear and be greatly respected. So Rick Warren writes, Surrender your future to God. Surrender means leaving the future to God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. What area of your life have you not surrendered to God? Maybe you've surrendered the kitchen and living room, but what about the bedroom of your life? What about the closet and the garage of your life? Some of you may not have surrendered your sex life to God. You say, I know God says sex is only for marriage, but I'm going to do it my way. That's why you're under stress. Some of you may not have surrendered your finances to God. You think, I know God says that I should give the first 10% back to Him, but I can't afford to tithe, and that's why you're under stress. Some of you may not have surrendered your relationships to God. You say, I know I should forgive that person who hurt me, but I'm not going to forgive them. That's why you're under stress. Some of you may not have surrendered a secret sin to God, or maybe it's a hurt, habit, or hang-up you haven't surrendered to God. But the most important thing is, have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? You need to surrender today and leave the future to God. Surrender is saying to God, the war is off. I'm not going to fight you anymore. I want serenity, not stress. Aren't you tired of being at war with God? It's time to stop fighting. Surrendering to God is the ultimate expression of faith. Surrender. It is a word that Christians bandy around to describe the process of letting go of our way and choosing God's way instead. Defined, surrender means to cease resistance, to submit, to agree to stop fighting, hiding, and resisting. We humans wouldn't do any of those things, would we? I should have an Olympic medal in recognition of all my attempts to fight with God. Sadly, I've never won. Oswald Chambers in his classic devotional, My Utmost for the Highest, describes surrendering to God's will this way. True surrender is not simply surrender of our external life, but surrender of our will. And once that is done, surrender is complete. The greatest crisis we ever face is the surrender of our will. Yet God never forces a person's will into surrender, and he never begs. He patiently waits until that person willingly yields to him. And once the battle has been fought, it never needs to be fought again. In the Bible, we see many examples of surrender. For instance, Esther surrendered her life to to intercede for her people, saying with great courage, if I perish, I perish. The prophet Isaiah went naked and barefoot for three years at God's command. That was some serious surrender. In the New Testament, we see the Apostle Paul being poured out as a drink offering and being willing to live instead of dying and being with Jesus for the sake of the Philippians. 
When Jesus walked on this earth, he was the epitome of surrender. Jesus actively chose God's will over his own. He learned obedience to God through the things he suffered. He delighted to God's will, above all in the Garden of Gethsemane, Facing a cruel, painful, and humiliating death, Jesus' prayer of surrender was not my will, but yours be done. Jesus redeemed us. He is our best example of surrendering to God's will. Jesus won't ask you to do something that he has not done. He has demonstrated surrender for us. That is the process of surrendering to God's will. So here are some steps that I've discovered and I want to share with you. And the first step is fighting with God. This occurs when God comes to you and asks you to do something and you respond with, Who? Me? Surely you are wrong, God. We see this as Gideon argued with God from behind the wine press about his weaknesses. When God asked Moses to become his corporate spokesman and deliverer, Moses argued about his speech impediment and the fact that he was not eloquent. These great men of the old were not zapped or disqualified by arguing with God. A quick obedience might be better, but I'm not perfect and I argue with God. And the second step is considering the cost. When God asks you to do the audacious, you need to take some time to consider the cost. Luke 14.18 says, Suppose one of your wants is to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? This isn't determining if God can do what he has asked you to do, but it is deciding if you are willing to pay the personal cost of accomplishing God's will. And the next step is being afraid. I know that the Bible tells us not to fear, but the things God asks of us are sometimes costly. If you've ever surrendered a wayward child or husband or marriage to the Lord, that is not without some pain. And it's okay to be afraid to surrender. According to the book Reese Howell Intercessor, the famous intercessor felt the same way. Although he was ready to go deeper with God, Mr. Howell confessed that there was some fear. The obedience already had been so costly that he was afraid of what might come now. And the fourth step is choosing to surrender. Like love and forgiveness, surrender is a choice, not a feeling. It is choosing to lay down your will and take on God's will. These are verses that I declare over myself and my will as I choose to surrender. I am not my own. I was bought at a price out of 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. I delight to do your will out of Psalm 48. Not my will, but yours be done, out of Luke 22:42. For to me, to live in Christ, to die is gain, out of Philippians 1:21. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Jesus Christ now lives in me, out of Galatians 2:20. And the fifth step, do it afraid. Sometimes, when we surrender, we can still be afraid of what God has asked us to do. It may be an area where we have to let go of control or confront or press past our fear and step out and lead. Courage is not the absence of fear, but courage is pressing forward in spite of your fear. Do it afraid if you have to, but do it. And the final step, the sixth step, is trusting God with the outcome. No matter what happens when you choose to surrender God's will, you know that you have done what God has asked of you and you have been obedient. 
You leave the outcome in God's hands, knowing that He is faithful and true. As Queen Esther surrendered her life in order to intercede for her people, she left her very life in God's hands. We can too. Surrender is the only way to walk closely with God. When He comes and asks, you have a choice to surrender to His will or to continue to walk in your own. If you choose to surrender to His way, it may be costly, but it is also glorious knowing that we are smack dab in the center of God's will for our lives gives us great confidence before God and before men. So I challenge you to choose to surrender today to what he is asking you to do. It may be difficult, but you won't regret surrendering to God's will. So next I want to read you a poem and it's called God's Grace. I did not know his love before the way I know it now. I could not see my need for him, my pride would not allow. I had it all, without a care, the self-sufficient lie. My path was smooth, my sea was still, not a cloud was in my sky. I thought I knew his love for me, I thought I'd seen his grace. I thought I did not need to grow, I thought I'd found my place. But then the way grew rough and dark, the storm clouds quickly rolled, the waves began to rock my ship. I found I had no hold. The ship that I had built myself was made of foolish pride. It fell apart and left me bare with nowhere else to hide. I had no strength or faith to face the trials that lay ahead, and so I simply spoke his name and bowed my weary head. His loving arms enveloped me, and then he helped me stand. He said, You still must face this storm, but I will hold your hand. So through the dark and lonely night, he guided me through pain. I could not see the light of day or when I'd smile again. Yet through the pain and endless tears, my faith began to grow. I could not see it at the time, but my light began to glow. I saw God's love in a brand new light, his grace and mercy too. For only when all self was gone could Jesus' love shine through. So next, I want to play you a song by Eileen and Tommy Walker. It's called Just Believe. And here it is. God has said eternity in the heart of everyone. God has set a holy longing for the things we cannot see. As we bow and as we see. He indwells the praise we bring He is calling out our names Coming close to you and me Can you hear the sound of heaven? Can you hear the cry of angels? You can hear it with your heart Just believe Throughout the ages, it's the Father calling us, saying, I'm the one who made you, and by my grace I bid you come. He's the author and perfecter of our faith that's stirring now. We can join the song that's
Hey, what a great song by Tommy and Eileen Walker. And here's what Tommy said regarding this song. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Ecclesiastes 3.11, which says, He, God, has set eternity in the heart of man, every person. To me, the fact that every human being that has ever lived has had a knowing, a wondering, even a longing for the next life is proof of God's existence. It's a validation that there's a continuation of things unseen and that we've been given a measure of faith. It's evidence that we are made in the image of God and designed to know Him. This song declares this amazing reality and simultaneously invites non-believers and believers alike to activate faith by singing and declaring it, which further invites the presence of God in a very special way. Lord, I pray that you will stir up the gift of faith in people as they listen to this song. May a longing for you and for heaven rise to lead many to your free gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen. In competition, we're taught not to surrender. We play with everything we have, refusing to give up on one inch on the field or one point to the opposing team. It's all or nothing, and we refuse to give in. That's the power and thrill of play. We're fierce with our convictions and play with a deep sense of loyalty to our team and what it represents. Surrender is unyielding, but what about when it comes to our faith? If we take the same perspective off the field as on it, we are closing ourselves off for deeper meaning. If we are to pursue life, Shouldn't we stop putting off the upside-down ways of Christ that actually brings us to a place of abundance? Sometimes, giving in is the greatest decision we can make. We choose to relinquish control and submit to the authority and power of God. We tend to think of surrender as something bad. We surrender in defeat, in giving up, in losing. The negative connotation comes when we feel we are saying we are not enough. We don't have what it takes or aren't able to do the task, so we have to admit we don't have it all together. But what if surrender meant something else? What if we chose to see it as something good? You've heard the knock at the door of your heart. You've been brave to examine the motivations of your heart and maybe realize they haven't lined up to where God is inviting you to go. So will you choose to let God guide your life? Surrender is yielding. And giving up possessions of our lives and recognizing we never truly had control in the first place. It's a personal decision. We choose to relinquish control and submit to the authority of the power of God. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved out of Romans 10.9. You've opened your heart. You've allowed God to shine his light in areas you haven't wanted him to see. But you took a brave step to admit that maybe you haven't been moving in the right direction. You've examined your heart. You've taken a look at the whys behind what you do. And Jesus has been knocking on the door of your heart, wanting to make his home with you. Now it's time to take the next step and surrender your heart. God's seen every inch of what's inside of you, and he hasn't left. He's placing Jesus in front of you and asking you to make a choice. Will you surrender your heart and give him prime placement? 
So Jesus surrendered to the Father's will as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing what was before him. Jesus willingly laid down his life for the sake of you and me. We in turn surrender to Jesus as our Savior, fully God and fully man, who cleared a path to everlasting life by the way of the cross. It's not our will, but God's, and that comes through accepting that Jesus lived a perfect life on earth, obediently died on the cross, and conquered sin and death forever. By him we have salvation. There is no other means. He went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine, out of Mark 14, 35 and 36. So God wants us to surrender to a new life. In Christ, our old ways and habits are traded in for different lifestyle. Out with the old now and new way is ushered in. As we surrender to the Lordship of Christ, he begins to teach us how to love God deeper, love others and look after their well-being and live out his kingdom on earth. No matter what we've done, said or believed, once we turn our life over to Christ, his blood has us covered. God sees us as he sees his Son, and we grow in him and bear his image. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun, out of 2 Corinthians 5.17. So we need to surrender to God's pursuits. If we surrender our lives to the leading of Jesus, the next step is to trade in our old pursuits and motivations for ones that are guided by God. What does he want us to focus on? It is being kinder to our teammates, looking for ways we can serve our community, or maybe it's simply giving him more of our time each day. Once God has a hold of your heart, he shapes it to how he sees best. He begins to place in us new passions, a new way of seeing the world around us, and instills a desire to love like he does. The way we pursue life has eternal tint to it now as we keep our eyes open for what God has in store. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. People may pursue in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed out of Proverbs 16, 1-3. As we willingly choose to pivot from our old ways of living and turn towards the life in full God promises in Jesus Christ, we're transfused an entirely different motivation to see our lives and those people we come in contact with impacted for the kingdom of God. So we need to rejoice in this new pursuit of life in Christ. His ways are worth it. So there's a metamorphosis that takes place when a Christian makes the conscious leap of faith and decides to place everything in God's hands. It's called surrendering. Surrender is hard because it's the opposite of what our stubbornness, wayward hearts are inclined to do. By nature, we are sinful, manipulative, and controlling. That can change if we consciously turn our lives over to Christ for him to do with us as he will. In Matthew 16, 24, and 25, Jesus tells us to surrender to his loving authority. 
He told his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And this is exactly what happened to a young Billy Graham during this time as a student at the Florida Bible Institute. In May 1938, Billy found himself recently dumped by the girl he thought he was going to marry. He was heartbroken. The tears eventually subsided and Billy plumbed the depths of his soul and began to look inward. He worked off his inner aching with nightly walks. It was one of these walks that Billy got down on his knees and cried, Oh God, if you want me to serve you, I will. Billy listened for God's voice and, although he didn't hear anything audibly, he received his answer. He was being enlisted by God to preach. And it was then that Billy decided to fully surrender his life to God. After this decision, he experienced a newfound love and peace he'd never known before. A burden had been lifted and it gave him a greater joy to serve. He saw in himself a new desire to witness and share Christ, a new song in his heart, and an unspeakable joy. In the days that followed, Billy continued his nightly walks to pray, sometimes for three to four hours at a stretch. In rare moments, the Lord gave him a glimpse into the future. In brief flashes, he saw a stadium-sized crowd gathered to hear the gospel. At the time, Billy was still too humble to think that the crowds were there for him. Although young Billy had a long journey ahead of him, he sensed something big was about to happen. By that point, everybody had noticed the dramatic change in Billy. He was serving with greater confidence and an intense desire to make an impact. He was preaching, volunteering, searching the scriptures, and studying the Bible for clarity and understanding. Once in this mindset, Billy had no time to fret over girls. Billy had to die to himself to live for Christ. He surrendered his life, his will, his privacy, and years later, time with his wife and children in order to further the gospel. His son Franklin once described his father as a turtle on a fence post. The essence of this southern colloquialism is that a turtle cannot get to such a place on its own. Billy was put in a position of influence by the hand of God. Billy set the kind of example we can follow when it comes to surrendering. While he didn't know what God had in mind for him when he first accepted the call to preach, turning over his life and his will to Christ led him to unfathomable heights. So I am going to end today's episode on an audio clip from Billy Graham called Surrendering to Christ. And here it is. How many of us go to church and we really don't know Christ? I did. I was baptized. I was confirmed in the church. And I thought everything was all right. I didn't particularly like going to church, but I went because my parents told me to go. And if you knew my father, you know you'd go if he told you. <laughs> but I really didn't have Christ in my heart. I didn't have assurance. I didn't know that if I died, I'd go to heaven. I wasn't sure of that. I wasn't certain that my sins had been forgiven. So one day when they had an evangelistic meeting, I went forward and received Christ into my heart and recommitted my life to Christ. 
And I said, Lord, I'm going to recommit my life to you. I'm going to surrender to you. I'm not sure where I stand, but I want to be sure. And that simple decision changed my entire life. In Proverbs 28, it says, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. God is willing to have mercy upon you. He's willing to bestow his grace upon you. He's willing to forgive you if you're willing to repent of your sin and receive him. So that does bring us to the end of our episode today. And my closing prayer as always is that God blesses the journey you're on with him and that you embrace that path. So next week's episode is on I Am With You Always. So you can connect with me at PositiveLightPodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Anywhere you download your podcast, you can get Positive Light for free. Hope everybody had a great week. God bless, and we'll catch you next week.